Welcome back to Catalyst, the CLS West podcast. My name is Thaddeus, and we are back again with another scripture study for this week. Our passage today is Matthew 22, and I will go ahead and read through the entire chapter, and then I will uh, give you a breakdown um, and summary of what we're talking about here. So Matthew 22 reads, Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The servant, the king, was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I have invited did not want to come. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there that was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? My but when the king, <clears throat> but when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told his attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you will teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? It is, right, is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intentions, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. <clears throat> when they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. That same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. 
Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died. And since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third brother right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, You are in error, because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with his question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This is the word of the Lord. So what does Matthew chapter 22 mean? Well, let me put it this way. Jesus' back and forth engagement in the temple with some of Israel's religious leaders continues in this chapter. It begins with a third devastating parable about them. Then Jesus easily handles questions intended to trip him up. Finally, he asks them a hard question of his own. Jesus' third parable goes beyond merely exposing the religious leaders to revealing God's grace for others. Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a king throwing a wedding feast for his son. None of the citizens he invites will attend. However, resisting to the point of killing the king's messengers. After destroying the murderers, the king invites as many as can be found on the public roads, and the hall was filled. The king has one guest thrown out. However, when he arrives without wedding garment, without wedding garments on, this passage is a close parallel to his parable of the great banquet in Luke chapter 14, verses 12 through 24, which we will probably get to um, down the road in our big gathering Sunday uh, lessons, sermons. But feature... Uh, but this parable features a few important distinctions. 
Christ's words here not only speak to Israel's rejection of the Messiah, they also establish concepts related to salvation by grace. After hearing three parables in which they they are pictured as rebelling against God, the Pharisees are ready to be done with Jesus. They hatch a plan to force Jesus to say something that might get him arrested for rebellion against Rome. Some of the Pharisees' disciples, along with the Herodians, begin by flattering Jesus, then asking him, him if paying to taxes to Caesar, meaning the, to the Roman Empire, is right according to the Old Testament law. Jesus knows exactly what they are trying to do and calls them hypocrites. He holds, he, he holds then a Roman denarius and asks whose image is on it. He tells the people to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. This remark establishes the idea that we, as image bearers of God, ought to give all of ourselves to him. Next, from the group known as the Sadducees approach Jesus. This was a more politically connected aristocratic and less spiritual sect of religious leaders. Sadducees did not believe in angels, a spiritual world, or an afterlife. They rejected the idea that God's people will be raised from the dead and live eternally. To show why such an idea is absurd to them, they imagine a scenario in which one woman ends up married to each of seven brothers in turn. Each of them dies one by one, passing her on to be married to the next. Finally, she dies. The Sadducees ask Jesus who the woman will be married to in the resurrection. Jesus at this point rebukes them for misinterpreting scripture and underestimating God's power. He corrects them and their misguided question. He corrects them and their misguided question by pointing out that there is no marriage in heaven. This answer also establishes that both angels and the afterlife are real. He then asks them why God would claim to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob if he is the God of the living and not the dead. Using their own tactic and their own scriptures, he has shown a core belief of the Sadducees to be false. Again, the crowd is greatly impressed by Jesus' teaching. Next, Jesus is approached by one of the Pharisees. This man is a lawyer or someone who's an expert in the law, meaning that he is an expert in Old Testament and expert in the Old Testament and its traditional interpretations. He tests Jesus by asking a simple question debated among the religious leaders. What is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus answers him directly that to love God with everything is the primary commandment. The second is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Everything we think, believe, and or do with respect to God is grounded in this fundamental idea. Finally, Jesus asks the Pharisees a challenging question of his own. Whose son is the Christ? They answer rightly that the Christ, the Messiah, is the son of David. Jesus asks, how that can be since David called the Christ my Lord, quoting from Psalm 110 verse 1. This perspective touches on the idea of the Messiah's divine nature. None of them can answer and Jesus silences his opponents yet again.
At this point, Jesus will deliver a devastating critique of the Pharisees, leading to his heartfelt mourning over Israel's rejection of God in the next chapter of chapter 23. So there you go. That is the breakdown of Matthew chapter 22. Uh, continue to read on to Matthew chapter 23 uh, tomorrow. And if you are just joining us for the first time on Catalyst, uh, I encourage you to join in on City Light's two-year Bible reading plan. Uh, currently, we are in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah and the New Testament book of Matthew. Um, you can start at any time. You don't have to start at the beginning. Um, you can start today. You can start tomorrow. But uh, I would encourage you to do this because that will enrich your joy and peace in the Lord. That is all I have for you today. I hope that you learned something new about this chapter, about God, and about our, yourself um, and who you are in Christ's image in, in God's family. Um, my name is Thaddeus, and I will catch you in the next one. Well, hey, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and were able to take something away from it to apply to your daily walk with Jesus. Our hope and vision for this podcast is that it would be used as a tool and resource for further discipleship in your home. Catalyst was created to appeal to both students and their parents, so we will be releasing a couple of episodes per week filled with talks like today, deep dives into other scripture, and equipping lessons to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. If you liked our content today, be sure to follow us on Spotify. That way you are able to stay up to date with each episode. Thanks for listening, and remember, we want you to know Jesus, grow in Him, and go out to share the good news. My name is Thad Risto, and I will see you in the next one.